Being a professional isn't about the money you make, the position you hold, your level of expertise or fame. It's the motivation and the attitude you bring to your work. A desire for always learning and improving and balancing your creative output with getting the business done. Welcome and join the Creating Pros. Hi, and welcome back to Creating Pros. I'm your host, Jim Nettles, and this week I'm just back from JordanCon in Atlanta. And of all the different panels and things I got to do, people I got to meet, conversations I did, uh, got to have, uh, I sat in on a panel um, and was one of the presenters for a panel talking about how STEM and STEAM programs and how the influence works with science fiction and fantasy. And we had one of those questions of, does science fiction and fantasy influence education and these kinds of programs? Do these programs, uh, you know, STEM, STEAM, are we seeing their influences now into fiction? Are we seeing these things? And one of the things that I brought up was, well, this is very much a cycle. You know, we've long seen the idea that science fiction and fantasy and other forms of fiction often have a great influence on technology and business and processes and politics. And so that there's often also that idea that if I've seen it in fiction, I want to try to bring it to reality. You know, we talked about some of the kind of the more famous things, you know, the idea of the communicator, uh, different ideas like, um, you know, different kinds of transport. You know, we joked about things like I still haven't gotten my flying car yet um, and I'd still like to be able to transport. But that's a whole different story. But one of the important things that came out of the conversation as we dug deeper was really looking at the importance of STEM and STEAM programs. And it is very much in my belief that STEAM, science, technology, engineering, arts, and math are really kind of the path forward we're looking at now. When we look at kind of the traditional STEM programs, science, technology, engineering, and math, you know, we look at these very much from that perspective of wanting to get the hard sciences, wanting to get the hard education in there, hard facts, hard details, scientific method, methodologies, and absolutely believe in the value of all of these. I've worked in this career for a very long time, you know, outside of everything else I've doing, I've done. So the idea of technologies and having real hard sciences is critical to me. But one of the other things I'm a big believer in is the value of the arts and creativity in all of these outputs. And when I look at the idea of if I'm working with someone who is in technology, an engineer, a scientist, and I've got the privilege of knowing a lot of people that are working in these areas, people that work for NASA, uh, JPL, that work in various forms of engineering, technology, artificial intelligence. The people I know that also are creative, they're writers, they're artists, they have these other great creative passions, they think differently, they act differently, they approach problem solving differently. They have a wider view of ethical concerns. They see the world in a much more well-rounded view. And for artists and creators that also have this degree of a technological bent, yes, you may not be an engineer. Yes, you may not be, um, you know, working in some of these hard scientists or sciences, but if you've got at least an appreciation and an understanding of the maths, the sciences, a lot of the potentials of technology, you also find that your creativity is much stronger because you've got a much more solid base to work from. 
you have ideas, you have capabilities, you have knowledge, and you have a much greater ability to work with the technology and tools that are now much more readily being becoming available to us. You know, I've talked a fair amount in the past few months about the advent of AI, AI-driven art, um, looking at ChatGPT, large language models, these things, and we're going to talk more about that you know, in coming episodes. But there's things that are changing. But I think now it's important to sit down and look at these things that are tools for us. Being able to use the tools that are there and understanding what the tools are and what they're not understanding what these technologies mean and what their impacts could be. Because as artists, as creators, as writers, as storytellers, I think we have a duty and an obligation that we've always served in society, which is as we tell stories, as we create experience, as we bring new ideas to light and as we create new things or we we bring new things to life and being that are influenced and inspired by the things that have come before us the more we understand that the more we're able to then take advantage of the tools that are presented to us the less likely we are to fear different kinds of tools and technologies and understand what things that may create what opportunities that may bring what changes that may bring because much like we were joking on the panel, or not so much joking on the panel, you know, looking Pandora's box or Pandora's out of the box, right? And when we look at the old story, story of Pandora's box, you know, all the evils were unleashed onto the world and they weren't able to cram them back in. But the reality was, if we also looked at the bottom of the box, there was still one thing left in it that we had to reach into and take out of the box. And that was the idea of hope. The idea that no matter what the evils are in the world, no matter what trial, uh, trials, tribulations, no matter what challenges get thrown at us, as long as we have that concept of hope at the bottom of the box and we can take it out of there for ourselves, we still have options. We still have capabilities to change, to adapt, to learn, to experience new things. And I think this is the promise of when we look at programs like STEM and more especially STEAM, where this gives those in the sciences the opportunity to be more creative, to be more, to bring more into the world and more benefit into the world. But they also get that opportunity to look at things through a different light. You know, one of the things that came up on the panel was the old quote, you know, just because they took the time to figure out that they could, did they spend the time to figure out if they should, right? And ethics is one of those things that we often deal with in technology, in the sciences. Um, I will tell you, we deal with it quite frequently in a lot of the different areas I, we, I work in, where we have these cons or conversations around, what are the ethics of the work that we're implementing? And what are the implications? And often it's one of those things we have to look at it and say, well, if we can do these things and act in what we regard as an ethical manner, if we can do things that we put limitations and restrictions on certain technologies, certain kinds of processes, certain kinds of work, 
where there's time for people and society and technology to catch up with what we're doing, then we're acting ethically. We're giving everybody an opportunity to catch up. And this is where I think we've had a lot of challenges in the last years or even last few months of things have changed so rapidly. Even people working in the technological fields have barely been able to even have an idea to try to keep up. It's only a very few people that really work in the field that see all of the things that are happening and all the promise. But we're also having a lot of conversations about the risks, about the, the challenges that this is going to create. We see a lot of people fear-mongering, but we also see a lot of people that are being very aggressive and not necessarily ethical in how they're already leveraging these technologies. So I thought it would be worthwhile just to sort of remind everybody that these programs exist, not only in the schools, but even as adults, we have opportunities to continue our education. We can work and learn. And if we're working with programs where we're getting to integrate the ideas of technology with philosophy, the ideas of programming with going in and pottery, if we are doing things that allow us to be creative and to express ourselves, our individual selves, and share our knowledge, our experience, our hopes, dreams, and fears, if we're able to do all of that collectively, then we all have an opportunity to grow and be able to share and leverage all of these different tools, and they'll be able to bring new art into the world. One of the things I distinctly remember, you know, if we look back, we often have large technological leaps that lead to massive societal change. You know, just looking in my lifetime, if we look at how when the internet was really introduced and became first really known, it was the hardcore geeks that actually had it. Yes, I was in that group where we played with it. We, you know, we worked with it in the very much the wild, wild west days and BBSs. And there were great political discussions and great technological discussions and flame wars. And there was a lot of snipping back and forth, but there was also that sense of knowledge and hope as to what this was going to bring. If we then look at the advent of broadband and what that made capable um, you know, that's transformed society because high-speed internet meant that technology was able to run at a pace that created communication globally. In essence, almost at a free level, and it made information available to pretty much everyone on the planet who has access to the technology. And yes, I recognize that's a limitation, but if you're in the in if you're within the sound of my voice and you're seeing this. You're taking advantage of technologies and of sciences and inspirations that have come about in a relatively short period of time. And if I look at people from our current technological revolution, you know, let's look at the Steve Jobs. Let's look at the, you know, the Wozniaks. Let's look at the Bill Gates of the world. Are there ethical concerns there for all of them? Absolutely. But when we also look at them, we see people who have been driven to create change. And if it was not for their willingness to, to chase certain dreams, um, and, you know, I look at Steve Jobs very especially. He had a lot of issues, but at the same time, 
he was very open and understood creativity and experience. And even though he may not have always been the first to create something, he was often the one to see the promise in something and innovate, take it, turn it around. This is why we all carry a smartphone on ourselves, whether it's an Apple, whether it's a Google, you know, whether it's an Android, whatever it is. The reason that these devices have become so prevalent is largely because of that vision of saying, I understand the device, but what all can I do with it? What all can someone use it for? How can it improve their lives? How can it change the way things work? Now, one can argue whether or not smartphones and apps and all of this really and truly are beneficial, but they're here. They've changed the way we work. When we look at tools like Photoshop, when Photoshop really, really came into its own, there were a lot of people that were afraid that photography was going to die. There were a lot of people that were afraid that art was going to die. But in reality, it's just become an extraordinarily powerful tool in the toolbox. When we look at some of these newest technologies and that are coming along, I think that we see a lot of people that have gotten that inspiration of wanting to create more and create better in the world. This is one of those things that STEM and STEAM programs enables us to do. These are new tools that are changing the way we look at and operate in the world. And some of these things are going to be extraordinarily productive. Some of them are going to give us great gifts. And some of them are going to come at a pretty significant cost. I don't think there's another way to phrase it other than the fact that we have seen one of those massive events in technological revolution that realistically could be equated to just as much as when automobiles came in to replace horses and carriages. You know, social media, when it first really began to become popular and rolled out, has radically changed society. It's changed how we interact. It's changed how we view each other. And it has created extraordinary capabilities for people to make a living. It's created tremendous types of creativity. It's also created a lot of garbage. This is why, again, I believe there's tremendous value and we have an obligation as we go through life to always be learning and to always be trying to create new appreciation for the world around us. So that means finding that right balance behind appreciating art and creativity and also balancing that against knowledge, whether that's studying history, whether that's learning a new programming language or a new way to do a, you know, art design. Whether that means you're coming in and trying to figure out the latest things in marketing, the latest, latest things to communicate. All of these things are tools and technologies available to us. And we have an obligation to make sure that we're doing everything that we can to remain informed and educated as possible. It's not possible to become an expert in everything. In fact, it's almost become impossible to become a true expert in anything, but you can become at least knowledgeable enough to be able to understand how these things are changing the world. And when we see some of these massive changes coming through, again, I think we have an obligation to spend the time to learn what these things really are, what they mean for us, and how we can adapt and continue to use them and move into the future. 
Until next week, this has been Jim Nettles, and this is Creating Pros. So I'm going to challenge everybody out there this week to go find that one thing you need to go learn.